We are enjoying this series, This Is My Happy Place. And this is a series I really enjoy. I enjoy our summer series because it's one of those times of the year where we feel like we're one church, even though we're in multiple locations, because we get to hear from all of our different pastors and all the different people on our teaching team, and we kind of get a cohesive sense that we're not alone, that what we're doing, we're doing with other people. And I want to welcome you here. If you're uh, coming here for the first time to Parallel Church, wow, that's awesome. We're so excited to see you. If uh, you are a regular tender, wow, again, Thank you for just showing up today and just, just being here and choosing to spend this with us. And I just want to welcome uh, even those who are watching online and maybe those who may be watching from Tabor or from Claire's home or for Okotoks or from um, Lloydminster. Uh, we really want to let you know that you belong here because that's what Parallel is all about, us coming alongside other people the way that God came alongside us. Wow. Well, this is an interesting topic. Um, can, I, can I be really honest and say that I struggled with trying to figure out what to say? And I was really worried about that until I heard um, the other guys sharing. And this is something we all kind of struggled with. Like, God, how do we, how do we take this and make this something that's going to be helpful and useful uh, for people? Um, and I, it's not, I didn't struggle because I'm unhappy, okay? I'm, I'm usually not an unhappy person. Um, because I usually make wherever I am happy. So that's what makes it harder to decide, like, where is my happy place? And so I had to kind of try and narrow it down a bit. And I actually did narrow it down to two places, um, my summer place and my winter place. Um, and my summer place is outside. I love being outside, especially if I get a chance to get up to the mountains or into woods or places where there's trees and animals and all kinds of naturey things. It's just something that's pretty amazing for me uh, just to enjoy. And even when we were when I was a child, uh, we used to go camping, and uh, my, my dad used to take us up to the mountains for uh, a, a day, um, and we would have all these day trips, and we spent a lot of time out there. I was one of those geeks who actually uh, took outdoor ed in school um, when, when we were in school. And back in the day when they just gave you a tarp and uh, said, okay, make yourself a shelter. I know it's minus 30, don't complain, right? Uh, and uh, we, we had a lot of fun with that. Now, now that I'm older, I'm not sure I'd really want to go camping at minus 30 uh, with just a tarp, but I know I could do it if I, if I, if I, I had to. But in the wintertime, I have a better happy place for me, and that's my library. I've always loved books. Books have been in my life since all I can remember, and I, I really enjoy reading. In fact, I think my parents were pretty prophetic uh, when, when I was about to be born. They actually bought me an encyclopedia before I was born. Um, and uh, I, I actually read, that was, my, that was my favorite thing to do, is read the encyclopedia. And if I got bored of the encyclopedia, uh, it came with a nice big two-volume set of a dictionary. Uh, and, and, and dictionaries and words are just fascinating to me. And it even got better than that because the back half of the second volume was all different languages. So I got to learn words in different languages and understand. I mean, it was just fascinating for me. And I, I just kind of have always had that broad interest in just about everything uh, that's around me. And when it comes to fiction, probably my favorite genre is science fiction, um, which I, I just love, especially dystopian science fiction. You know where the world's going 
to pieces and people have to survive, like Day of the Triffids. Can you imagine, uh, you know, trying to survive with a bunch of blind people being attacked by plants? I mean, that, that would, that would be, be phenomenal. Or I've downloaded War of the Worlds for uh, a road trip we've got coming up here, and uh, that, that's going to be just, just awesome because I love those situations where it's all these people trying to survive against the odds. Um, and uh, it, so even reflected in a lot of the stuff that I've actually read, I've actually read a lot of stuff about, uh, you know, survival, and first aid and, and how to do things the, the, you know, the, the hand way without having different kinds of tools and things. And my kids tell me that I'm going to be perfect when the zombie apocalypse comes. Um, so as I was kind of thinking through and, and trying to decide, you know, how, how does that relate to my happy place? I really realized that my happiest place is when I have a backup plan for my backup plan for my backup plan for my backup plan for my backup plan. And uh, by nature, that's the where I'm happiest. And, you know, I've taken the idea of being prepared for survival pretty seriously most of my life. I remember when I was about eight or nine years old, I joined this uh, Christian Boy Scouts thing. We, we were Christians at the time, so we couldn't go to Boy Scouts. So we created our own thing called Crusaders, which sounds worse now, right? I mean, what, what were we doing? Well, actually, we were doing all the things that regular Boy Scouts did, but... We memorized scripture and we prayed as well. Okay, so, so, so th those, those were the differences. And I'll never forget the first time we went on a summer hike together. We were going up to the ice caves up by Bragg Creek. And I remember packing my little rucksack. I had my lunch in there. And then I decided to throw a few things in there just in case I needed them on the way. As it was the case, um, we were marching along the road, and I got distracted by something. It could have been a flower, a plant, a piece of moss, a rock. It could have been a bird that I hadn't seen before. Uh, but uh, if you know me, that's not out of my nature. I mean, if you've been on a hike with me, you know that I sometimes just disappear. Um, and, uh, and, and that wasn't any different. I followed this thing. I, I can't remember what it was to this day, but I found myself... Um, in a place when I looked up where I couldn't see any of the people I was with. In fact, I couldn't even see the trail anymore. And so I knew I was lost. And I knew the best thing to do, because my mom and my dad had taught me, and because I'd read it in books, was to stay where you are. And then people will come and find you, which is good advice. So um, I decided to sit down and I thought, well, what's the next thing? I need to start a fire. So I gathered some twigs, made a nice little safe spot. I, I got the cotton wool out of my pack, pulled it out, fluffed it up, put it underneath, got everything all ready, uh, pulled out my freshly waterproof matches, um, struck the match, lit the fire, got the thing going. It was beautiful. It, I, I had, you know, the basics here for survival going except for one thing, water. And then I looked over, and there's a puddle right there. It's like God provided me a puddle. I'm going to use this. So I pulled out my water purification tablets, plopped them in, and all of a sudden the water starts fizzing like this. At that moment, my uh, troop leader came up, and there I am sitting on the ground with a fire, water fizzing, and, and he's kind of uh, freaking out. He called my parents because they couldn't find me. They thought they'd lost me in the mountains, and there I was. He helped me put out the fire uh, and probably gazed kind of cautiously at what was going on in the pond and then, uh, then led me back. And I never got to see the ice caves that day. But what I did learn is I knew how to survive if I got myself in a situation where I was lost. And to this day, I actually carry a pocket knife and a small box of useful things with me everywhere that I go just so that I'm prepared for whatever happens. 
In my life, I've actually had the great pleasure of being able to travel all over the world to share Jesus and to help build churches. I mean, that's what, what my life's been about. And in, in the course of that, um, I've got to experience many different things. And in fact, even the places where I've slept, I've slept in some really nice, comfortable hotels, and I've slept on the ground outside about three to 400 meters away from some of the most mean, uh, man-eating crocodiles in the world. I've worked in the downtowns of major cities and also visited small villages in the middle of nowhere. And one of the things that I've realized is that you need different things. You need different tools for different situations. And I will often take something uh, different with me that I'm going to the mountains than if I'm going to a city. Uh, when I first started packing a small uh, little kit that I could keep in my pocket, I was having all the things that you would need in there. And one of the things I put in there was fish hooks and bait. Um, which, I mean, you don't always use in the city, but, you know, I wasn't thinking of that at the time. And uh, I'm walking around, and after a few days, you know, everywhere I go, I seem to smell this odd scent that, that, was, that was coming around. And I'm going, like, what, what's going on? Then one day I had to open up my kit, and I popped open the, the lid, and the room was filled with this stench. I mean, it was just horrible and overpowering. And I realized that you really shouldn't carry bait around with you everywhere you go because it goes off and it gets stinky and rotten. Um, I also discovered for some reason that airlines don't like it when you bring a knife and a fire starting kit into the cabin with you. They, 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 they kind of frown on that for some reason. Um, and I, I thought, you know, uh, there are different things that we need for different situations. And when it comes to our spiritual life, sometimes there are some things that we need to survive. And I thought, what if we put together a spiritual survival kit? And so I'm going to go through some things here that I would suggest for us to have uh, in that. And the first thing is, even before you put together your kit, you want to be prepared to go where you're going. And before I go anywhere and before you go anywhere, one of the best things for us to do is to read about where we're going, to find out what's happening there, find out what the opportunities are, find out what the threats are, so you know what you're going to be facing when you get there. You may even want to start to do some physical exercise if you know that the terrain is going to be demanding for you. You want to build up your strength. And so you want to do the same thing for yourself spiritually as well. So how do you do that when you're in a spiritual situation? I mean, you can't just go lifting Jesus weights. That doesn't work. Work. So one of the things that you can do is you can set aside some time on a regular basis to read your Bible. And, you know, people get hung up and say, well, how much of the Bible should I read? You know, or you get some people, you know, I read 50 chapters today. <laughs> and my question is, is how much of that did you remember? Uh, because, you know, you can read a lot and not get a lot out of it. And it's what you get out of it, what you internalize, that's gonna make you strong. There are days where I've spent the whole day. In fact, there are weeks where I spent the whole week just meditating on one single verse and just thinking through it and making it internal in my life. In 1 John 2, 14, it says this, I write to you young warriors because you are strong and the word of God lives within you. And naturally, if you train and build up muscle, you have a resource that you can draw on when you need it. And when you read your Bible, it's like building up spiritual muscle. You are storing strength you can draw upon in those times when you're feeling lost, when you're feeling lonely. And if you haven't read your Bible, then you haven't got that strength 
to draw upon, if you haven't got the Word of God living in you. Another thing that you can do to prepare beforehand is to make talking with God a regular part of your life. And notice that I said talking with God, not talking at God, right? I'm not talking about coming and just bringing your spiritual shopping list and say, God, I want this, 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 and this, and then walking away. But we need to realize that prayer is a conversation. Prayer is us talking with God and expecting an answer for him. It should be a natural part of our life. Um, we should... Um, we should be just talking to God, whatever we're doing. And sometimes that gets me into trouble because sometimes my conversations with God blurt out of my mouth rather than just being inside my head. Um, and uh, people around me start looking at me strangely. And uh, that, that's okay. Uh, I want to know that I've got a ready, open communication line because when something difficult comes, I'm already there. Um, and, you know, uh, we can pray and ask God to come in those difficult situations. And, and it may be the first time we pray and prayed, and you know what? God will show up. I know that. But it's so much easier when you've got that open line that's between you and him. Another thing that can happen is if we're talking to God, sometimes God will give us prepare a warning of something that's going to happen or help us to prepare for something in advance. I had a friend who was a pastor in South America, um, and because of the impact that he was having on communities, uh, we saw that the drug cartels and the guerrillas would often kidnap him and take him away to execute him to take him out of the situation. Um, but God would tell him three, four days ahead of time, and he would fast, and he would pray and say, God, what do I do? And invariably, he would get captured, he would get kidnapped, they'd have a gun to his head, and while he had the gun to his head, he would end up leading the person with the gun to his head to Jesus. Um, or there would be a miracle that would happen where people would be healed and delivered in the room. And uh, the people who were his captors would now become his supporters. Right Now, we don't live in such extreme situations now, but you know, God can sometimes speak to us ahead of time and prepare us for things that are coming in our lives. I love the story of Peter and uh, the boys when they're in the boat in the middle of the sea, and you know, there's a storm that's just uh, raging around them, and there comes Jesus walking on the water, and someone said, it's a ghost, which I think was a pretty fair assessment at that particular time. You don't expect people to be walking on water. It just doesn't happen. And then, um, someone said, take courage. And they looked up and it's this thing speaking to him. And it's Jesus. And he's saying, take courage. Don't be afraid. It is I. Oh, well, how do I know it's you? Right? And then Peter says, well, if it's you, tell me to come. Well, that was smart. Um, and, and then Jesus said, come. And Peter confidently stepped out of the boat. And, and I believe that, that that wasn't just because Peter was stupid. It was because Peter knew Jesus' voice. He'd spent time with Jesus. He knew what Jesus would say and how Jesus would say it. And so he was confident to walk through the storm with him. So those are some things we can do to prepare. What are some things, though, that we can have in our kit? I have in my, na my, my natural kit, I have my Swiss Army knife, of course. I have a tea bag because everything is better with a cup of tea. Um, I have a piece of duct tape because duct tape fixes everything. Um, I have a small first aid kit that can handle little injuries. Um, and I was thinking in the same way, we need to have an assortment of strategies that we can have when life doesn't go the way that we expect it to. And I would suggest that you have a set of three by five cards or we have these unique things in our pockets. I don't know if you've ever seen one before. It's called a mobile phone. And they have a note-keeping app on there. And you can keep a lot of this stuff right there on your phone, uh, ready for you to access when you need it. So one of the first things that, that I would like to combat is sometimes we get what I call spiritual amnesia. 
we forget who God is and we forget what God has done for us. And we feel like we're abandoned. We feel like we're alone and that there's no one on our side. And when we forget those things, I've got something that I've liked to do that I've, I've, I've tried to do. And that's keep a log of gratitude or gratefulness. The thinking and reminding me of all the things that God has done for me. And you know, this is not an old concept. This is something that's been going on for a long time. In fact, the people of Israel uh, did this all the time. Anytime they got into a difficult situation, someone would get up and recount all the things that God had done for them in the past because it built their faith about what God was going to do for them now. A good example of this you can find in Psalm 136, which says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God above all gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord above all lords. His love endures forever. For he does great wonders. His love endures forever. He spread out the earth on the water. His love endures forever. He set us free from slavery. His love endures forever. You see what's going on there? He took us through the Reed Sea. His love endures forever. He made us victorious. Right? And it just goes through all these things that God has done for them. And if you don't have a log already, there's a great scripture that can help prompt you. And that's Psalm 103, verses 104, where it says this, Praise the Lord, O my soul. Soul, not Saul. Saul Saul's not involved with this. We don't keep him in here. Um, it's our soul. Um, and don't forget all his benefits, for he forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with love and compassion. Okay, if that's not a little list of gratitude, I don't know what is, right? And that will start reminding you of those things. Okay, the second thing that can happen is sometimes we can forget who we are. We forget who God has called us to be, who God has made us to be. And we have an enemy out there who would love to convince us that we're unworthy, unrighteous, unfit to be loved by God and accepted by him. Can I tell you that there is nothing that is further from the truth? One of the things that I've done to actually help combat that for me when I'm in one of these stages is I write out an affirmation for myself that I can say, I can speak to myself, uh, and I've taken it from uh, the Word of God, and I'm just going to read you uh, a bit of one that I've written out for myself here. It goes, since I am in Christ... By the grace of God, I have been justified and completely forgiven and made righteous. I have been redeemed, and I am the recipient of his lavish grace. The power of sin's rule over my life has been broken. I am free forever from condemnation. I have been made alive together with Christ. I have been made righteous. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. I may approach God with boldness, freedom, and confidence. I have been rescued from the domain of Satan's rule, and I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. Isn't that great? Can you imagine how that changes who you think you are? Right? When you realize that you're the son of God, that you're the daughter of God, that you're the child of the loving God. Right? That, that changes things for you. Another situation we sometimes have to face is fear. And fear is one of the greatest things that can take us out, out, down and stop us from accomplishing all that God has for us. And I've got a couple of verses that I always use when I find myself in a situation where I am afraid because they reinforce who God is in my life at that time. And the first one is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, I, I, I've taught this to my kids since they were little. And it's a great, great thing at nighttime when you know they've woken up and you hear them and you're walking by the door and you hear them, 
God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, sound mind. Of love, power, a sound mind. And you know, we need to get that into our spirit that God has the power to take care of anything that, that, that's out there. He's bigger than anything that's, that's, that's going to come against us that we are fearful of. That God uh, we, has great love for us and we need to embrace that love because John says this, that perfect love displaces fear. It pushes it out of the way. And when we embrace God's love, it pushes that fear out of the way and we realize what I said before, that we're a child of God, we're a son of God, we're a daughter of God. And we also need to realize that when that happens, that we can have clear thinking. We can rely on God for clarity of thought. Uh, we can rely on God's thoughts, not our own. If you get anxious, there's another scripture I really love because it says this, do not be anxious about anything, which I know is easier said than done. Uh, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your heart and minds in Jesus Christ. Man, if you struggle with anxiety, this is such a great scripture to have on hand just to repeat to yourself and just to come to God and to bring those things to him and let his peace take over. Another thing that can happen to us is we can feel worn out, we can feel dry, we can feel tired, and we feel like there's something that needs to shift around us. And when that happens for me, one of the best things for me to do is to worship God. And I like to find a few songs or put together a playlist uh, where I can just spend a few moments just worshiping God. And it's amazing what happens, how that changes the atmosphere, how it changes what's going on in my life. And I focus on God and those things that sometimes didn't seem uh, as, 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 or that seemed so important or not so important anymore. Those things that are wearing me out, I change and I become refreshed. Now, back in the day, we used to have to make mixtapes, which took a long time. And then you had to find a cassette deck to put it into play. Now, um, you just have a playlist on your phone and you're good to go. So I would encourage you to put together something like that so that when you hit those moments, you've got something to activate. Another thing sometimes we have to fight off is depression. And one of the things that helps me, again, is something that shifts my thinking. Um, one of the verses I love for this is Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, or good, think on these things. And, you know, it's just encouragement to read that in itself. But, you know, it's good if you take and do what the scripture says, right? Don't just read it, but do it. So how do I think on these things? Well, actually, I'll take one of those, those things. I'll write down a piece of paper, noble. noble. I like noble. Um, so I'll, I'll write down all the things that I can think of that are noble. All the things I can think of that are praiseworthy. All the things I can think of that are good. And I start to meditate on those things, and it shifts my brain. It shifts the way that I'm thinking from my circumstances to what God has done for me. Another way that I like to fight depression is by performing random acts of kindness. Um, well, and you're probably saying, well, how do you prepare for something random, right? Because it is random. Well, how about carrying some cash in your pocket so that if you're feeling down, you can bless someone else by giving them some money or taking someone out for coffee or maybe going for lunch with somebody. Uh, it, I can guarantee it will change your day if you do something nice for someone else. And it doesn't have to involve money, but even just thinking of some things that you can do that will help others. The last thing is when you're in a survival situation is you need to be rescued and can I tell you that most of the time in a survival situation, you need someone else to come and rescue you. 
And uh, having someone around that you can signal for help when it's time for you uh, to face something that you can't face on your own is really important. And, you know, I've got, I've got some people like that in my life that, hey, if I know that I'm going down, I can send up the bat signal or whatever. And uh, they, they will come and they will help me. They will walk with me. Ecclesiastes 4 tells us this. It says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And I love this because this is a great description of community. And having a community around you, having people around you that you can reach out to, that you can call out to say, hey, I need some help. I can't handle this on my own is really important. And, and if you know that you've got those per people ahead of times, then you're going to be there for them as much as they're going to be there for you in those situations. And, and having that community is really important. And, and I like it because this particular verse finishes off with this thing, a cord of three strands is, is not easily broken. In fact, the wisdom is, is if you've got two, that's good. But if you've got three, that's even better, right? And so having a community around you is really important when you're walking through these things, which actually brings me to my takeaway. And it's this, be prepared. Gather the spiritual tools that you need to navigate unexpected situations before they happen, right? And you know, one of the things I've realized is that life is full of unexpected moments. There are things that happen, right? And there are things that you find yourself doing, places you find yourself that you never expected to find yourself in. But what if we took a little moment to prepare for the unexpected? What if we discovered that what we see as obstacles can become opportunities for us to grow stronger and move our faith forward rather than allowing ourselves to be pushed back? What if being prepared could not only help ourselves, but those around us to thrive instead of just survive? And these are just a few things that I came up with that we can prepare in advance, but they could do so much, even if we were to take one or two of those and put them into practice to actually moving us forward in our journey. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Father, I am so grateful Lord, that you walk with us. And Lord, I'm also grateful that you've laid out these strategies, even in your word, for us to kind of delve into. And Lord, I just ask that whatever ones need to stick for the people in this room, Lord, that you would cause them to stick in their head, Lord, so that they'd have something to use when things don't go the way they expect. And Lord, I just pray for every person in this room. Lord, that you would just help to make them strong. Lord, to make them able to stand. Lord, in the times where things don't go the way they want them to. And Lord, I just even pray for that sense of community. Lord, that they would sense that there are people around them that they can reach out to. That they can sense that there are people that will walk with them when they're feeling like they're walking alone. But most of all, God, Lord, that you haven't abandoned them, that you are with them, even to the very ends 
of the earth. And Lord, we just thank you for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you may be here this morning, and, uh, you know, I've been talking about God. I'm talking about Jesus, and you're going, man, I don't know about whether God's walking along with me. I don't even know whether I even have a relationship with God. Can I tell you, first of all, you're in the right place because I'd love you to meet our Jesus. He promised that he would be with us wherever we went. And, and to be honest, I don't know how I would live my life without having Jesus to lean upon. And, you know, some people think starting a relationship with Jesus is hard. Some people have avoided church because they've seen all of the mistakes that we've made and we've made them and we're trying to unmake them. But we are people who just love Jesus and want to come alongside people and want to make that different. And please don't discount Jesus for the things and mistakes that we may have made. Maybe you feel like you're not worthy, you know, if, if Jesus just knew the things that you'd done. Can I tell you that Jesus chose some of the most broken people, some of the people who had the most difficulty in their life, who had the most serious backgrounds, to actually be his closest followers, to be the people he spent the time with, to the people he actually ended up committing his church to. And we come to God with all these hang-ups because we try to do it all by ourselves. And, you know, starting a relationship with Jesus is giving all that trying over to him and invite him into your life. In fact, this is what the Apostle Paul wrote. He said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And it's as simple as that. And we're going to say a simple prayer together here in just a moment. Um, and I'm going to encourage you all to join in with me. And if, it's, if, if, if you've been feeling you want to make Jesus, your friend, for the very first time, I want you to pray this with all your heart. So I'm going to get you to close your eyes and just repeat after me. Jesus, I've messed up. I've tried doing things my way, and it hasn't worked. I need you to save me. And right now, I declare, you are my Lord. I believe that God raised you from the dead so I could have new life. My past is past. I'm ready for a fresh start. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. And I want you to keep your eyes closed for just a minute because if you prayed that prayer for the very first time this morning, I want to celebrate that with you. Um, and just very simply, I'd just like you to just take a minute here while everyone else's eyes are closed and just wave at me and say, Pastor Jeremy, I made that decision today. I decided to follow Jesus. I'll just take a quick look around the room. All right, you can open your eyes. Now, you may have been uncomfortable with putting up your hand, but can I tell you, we want to do everything we can to help you to uh, make a success of this journey with your relationship with Jesus. And we've got a card in the front seat 
pocket beside you or in front of you um, that you can use to check and say, I've decided, I've made that decision today. And we'll make sure you get a Bible. We'll make sure that you get some help along that journey um, and that you can grow in your faith.